Hello there, it's Jamila Jamil. Are you by any chance listening to this podcast promo while out on a walk? If so, good for you. That's going to make both your mind and your body feel better. On my podcast, I Weigh, this month, we're going to be exploring mental health and talking to amazing guests about other things that you can do to make yourself feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me! I feel like whenever I'm trying to test my earphones, AirPods, like you, you're not like one of those people that's like, okay, let me just keep talking. You just sit there and I'm like, can you say something? You're like, absolutely. I don't know that that's what you're doing. We're just- It's always what I'm doing. Well, I mean, that's the, yeah, that's always what you're doing. It's nice to see you're feeling better. Oh, yeah. I was real foggy last, end of last week. I crashed. We recorded just in time. The back half of last week, it was tough stuff. And now I'm kind of, I'm on the mend. I'm less foggy. I'm just tired. I think that there is like a collective PTSD from COVID and from having COVID. Like every day or two, I'm like, I feel like I have COVID. Yeah. And I feel fine. And I'm just constantly like, is that my throat? Is that my throat? And then you get to a point where you're just like, I I can't live like this. I am just going to walk through this casino and hope everything's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's why when I tested, what do we talk Monday? I was like, yeah, I test. I'm not, I don't have COVID. I just have a cold. Like, it's fine. And then Friday, I was feeling real gnarly or Thursday. And I tested and it was like the pinkest line. It was so, it was like bleeding. The line was wet. And I was just like, oh, well, I have COVID. Over this existence that we've created ourselves. But folks, what I'm not over are your questions. I just got back from Las Vegas. I had a great weekend at the Win. This was your first Best time weekend. at the Win, right? First time at the win. First time literally being there. And it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mirage has a special place in my heart. Well, it's not the Mirage anymore. But um, yeah, the win was great. And uh, fucking jacked for those Florida shows this weekend. So we can talk about that as we round it out. But since, I don't know, since the pot is fresh, you can see me in Tampa and Orlando and Hollywood, Florida this weekend. I'm not even going to like beg you to come because it's basically sold out. But there are a few tickets available. But these shows are going to be hot Floridian Gator fire. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. Hot gator farts. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and gang. I'm 33 female. My partner, 30 female. How do I ask her parents if it is okay to marry her? Is there an appropriate time and place, a specific way? It seems simple, but I am an overthinker. We are coming up on our two-year anniversary. Also, she saw you when you came to Idaho and said it was amazing. Thank you for your thoughts and advice. Oh, her parents like me, so that's not a problem. (laughs) It was. That show was great. Idaho is so beautiful. Best kept secret uh, in the upper Midwest. (laughs) You're asking how, you're basically asking like how to propose to your girlfriend. How do you, do you ask, what is the timing like? Do you ask the parents, is it cool to ask the parents now? Is that weird? Is it rude? Is it thoughtful? What do you do? I'm curious about this. I guess just because you're gay doesn't mean you can't love convention. I think it's performative. Like it's a little antiquated, but we do, these are just things that we do anyway. I don't know. I think you take the parents out for like a nice coffee or a nice drink. 
you know, because you've known him a while and just be like, here are my intentions and here's what I'd like to do. And I'm sure they see it coming and they support that. But, you know, showing up with a gift of sorts, not just like, hey, can you guys stop by the quick trip real quick? I have a question. Right. Take them to lunch. Take them to coffee. Yeah. I think yeah. that's nice. That could be very sweet. And don't tell the girlfriend. That way it's like all a surprise. Or have, if you know they're going to say yes, then have her come for a drink after. And she'll be like, why are my parents here? And then you all hold hands. And you're like, <laughs> Sylvia, will you do me forever? <laughs> but that's it. Just give them the respect of it. I mean, they put all this time and effort into raising this example of a human. I think it's interesting that you probably only ask when you know the answer is yes, right? Otherwise, you're not going to ask. Okay, so you know that song that's like, I'm going to marry her anyway, marry that girl. I hate that song because the guy sounds like a loser. And the dad's like, no, you can't. He's like, why you got to be so cruel? It's like, because you're a loser. He's like, I'm going to marry her anyway. It's like, then why did you ask, fucking tool? That, right. It just smacks of like, lazy male energy. I hate that song. The song's fine. I hate the message. <laughs> no matter what you say, and we'll be a family. Come be, maybe because you called it a family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to marry her dad and then you're my dad. Anyway, my family. All right. Hi, Liza and Emily. 39, 40 in May. Yay, 83 babies. Female, Burbank. I've been a Ooh. fan for a while, but just now found out you had a podcast. I mean, how? Because, so, Eliza, we have, you're not posting we take about out, it enough on your feed, and that's what we're going to work on. All right, we're going to work. I've been asking you, but you've been sick. We take <laughs> out ads at the Super Bowl. We got a billboard <laughs> in Monrovia. All right. I've been binge listening and just got to the episode where you talked about Noah having hand, foot, and mouth. I had hand, Oof. foot, and mouth over the summer. I got it from my now ex-boyfriend who got it from his son. I managed to avoid getting COVID for the past three years, but end up getting this medieval childhood disease. The worst part, yeah. I'm an esthetician and work with my hands. Did any of Noah's nails fall off? My thumbnail fell off and it's never <gasps> been the same. My then boyfriend who no. gave it to me said he'd take me to get the fanciest Manny Petty once I was fully better. He dumped me before that could happen. We were together for eight months. My friends say I should Venmo request him for the Manny Petty as a joke but also as a fuck you. What do you think? Can't wait to see you on your no. next tour. Me and my best friend bought over your stand-up books. Kick it, Katie. Never, ever, ever thinking, never, ever, ever think asking for money puts you in a powerful place because he's not going to accept that request and then he will have broken up with you and you're like, and can I have $80 for my fingernail? <laughs> Dude, don't do that. Don't even do it as a joke. It doesn't sound like you guys ended well. Don't do that because mm -mm. you will become a joke with him and his friends and the new girl. Uh, to answer your question, no. Noah's fingernail didn't fall off, but I am very familiar with part of the atrocities that come along with hand, foot, and mouth. And I, I'm i not going to say I don't wish it on anyone because there's so many bad people. Um, and there are also so many people that are like, okay, but I don't like that much. So I don't care if they get it. But it is, medieval is the perfect word. You nailed it. <laughs> it's like, like We thought it was monkey pox. It, it is... I'm probably on par with shingles in terms of discomfort, just from what I was described. Hi, team AIA. I, 29, female, was with my ex for six years. We used to make shitty music together in his shitty little studio in his parents' house. We broke up because I got really sick and had to go to a mental health hospital for a while. He was great, but his family was very judgmental of the whole thing. It was an amicable breakup, but I still haven't had any contact with him for four years. In the mess of the situation, I left a piano and a guitar in his parents' house. 
I know this sounds really trivial and I would take the loss in any other case, but the instruments are expensive and given to me by my granddad. So I'd really love to get them back. I just don't know how to approach this. We haven't spoken in so long and I would choose any kind of public humiliation over showing my face in his family home to pick up some dumb belongings after me being spicy in the brain last time they saw me. I should <laughs> Spicy also- in the brain. I love that. <laughs> I should also add that he lives in another country now so he can't just grab the instruments and meet me. I know this is weird and possibly petty, but what would you do? P.S. I look up to you a lot and seeing your confidence and resilience has been huge to me in building myself back up. The pod has been a light in some dark times. You're the best. Thank you for everything. We have to call the episode Spicy in the Brain. Yeah. Oh, man, Emily, you know, I got to be honest. You usually (laughs) pick a very funny title, but there have been a couple episodes recently where I'm like, that's a great title. And you're like, how about this dud instead? (laughs) Yeah, you heard me. All right, but if, you I can, also, if you can outdo Spicy in the Brain. No, I like it, but we also can't do one we've done before. Like, I feel like we've had several titles that have diarrhea in them. We have several titles. You know, I try to not... There are certain things that I think are funny, and I try to, like, think, like, have I already thought don't, that this was similar and funny? Don't mock my artistic point of view <laughs> by saying diarrhea in the title too many times is a bad thing. Um, look, here's what you do. Because everybody listening to this is like, wow, you had four years. Like, why didn't you get this? He definitely owes you nothing. And like, even in a court of law, he probably owes you nothing. Although what country's law? I don't know. All you can do is flying there. It's not an option. Like, it's not like US to Canada. It feels like it could be US to Canada. If you are willing to do that, because there's a version where he's like, yeah, come and get it. If you were dealing with mental health issues, hopefully he is like a kind person and is like, yeah, she would like, hopefully there's no anger there. And it doesn't seem like there is. So I would email or text or call and be like, hey, do you have a minute? You can kind of gauge his vibe by that. But I would just send the text if you know he's a communicative person. Hey, Juan, how are you? I have something really annoying to ask. Like kind of be funny about it. Offer to pay for the shipping. Be like, all I need, can you, what? So it How's sounds like, it? well, it sounds like she still lives in the same place as the parents and he's gone. So she would oh. have to go to the parents' house who she does not want to see and he would not be a buffer. It doesn't matter. Go it get it. It doesn't matter. What is more important to you? You never feeling embarrassed or your instruments. And it sounds like they are. And if it truly is about them, the parents don't care. Because if they didn't like you, they're probably happy to get rid of your stuff. They're probably annoyed that they've had to hold on to it if they even still have it. Yeah. So you're going to have to suck it up. When you go, you apologize and be like, I am so sorry that I left this here. It's been really rough. I baked you guys some cookies and you just kill them with kindness. Mm -hmm. And they can say whatever, but it doesn't matter because you'll never have to see them again. You show up with a truck, be like, we will be in and out of here in five minutes and show up with a friend to help you. Yeah. They yeah. won't, they, I can't imagine them not wanting you to come get it. I mean, coordinate and I would apologize. it. Coordinate it yes. through the X. Make sure like, you know, maybe he'll have a take. Maybe he'll say, look, my parents can just leave it out in the backyard for you and leave the side gate unlocked. You know, like let him see Perfect. how much he's willing to help you if he was a good yes. guy. There you go. But you have to be okay with, maybe you have to see these people. And I would, I would, you made your possessions their problem, which is awful. So I appreciate that you dealt with mental health issues but you did let a lot of time go by some sort of gift Mm -hmm. just to say, thank you so much. And I I really, I apologize for letting this go. I hope you guys are great. That's it. Set up the piano out front and say, I wrote you a song to thank you for this. 
Nope. Yeah. Now, and then play it whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. My name is Roxanne, 27, female, and I'm a longtime fan and listener. I have a question that isn't advice, but the podcast is called Ask Eliza Anything, so here we go. Okay. <laughs> She's like, how round should an orange be? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy. I've gotten to see traditional hour-long sets as well as visiting the comedy store and improv more times than I can count, mostly to see my favorite comedian, you. 
In recent years, I've also been on pop-up yeah. shows like Jam in the Van and Don't Tell Comedy, yeah. as well as this one time I saw you and other comedians perform on someone's tennis court during COVID. Can't remember the oh name God, of that show, yes. but it was a blast. It was in like Sherman Oaks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I remember that. Anyway, I went to a comedy show in Venice over the weekend, which was fun. However, I have never in my life experienced so many hecklers at a single show. In the past, I'd only experienced one or two other hecklers who got made fun of immediately and then never made another comment. This was different. There were three or four separate offenders, clearly not in the same group, who continued to shout things and ask the comedians questions. One woman in the front row was the worst offender. I couldn't tell if she was drunk or a complete idiot. She shouted multiple times. She didn't even realize how annoying she was being until the entire crowd shushed her and somebody yelled, shut the fuck up, son. One comedian was trying to tell a joke and she interrupted him twice. That's kind of worse than the the heckle. That's kind of worse than the heckle, bruh. (laughs) After the comedians she heckled got off the stage, she tried to talk to them and hug them on their way off the stage. You could tell they were uncomfortable by the embrace because who the hell wants to be touched by strangers, especially ones who heckle you? It was the weirdest, cringiest thing I've ever experienced at a comedy show. I was wondering why she hasn't been kicked out at any point in time. And I wonder if people feel like heckling is more okay in this environment because it's less formal than a comedy club or full-on show. This experience made me want to come to the pod and ask you, have you ever had a really bad heckling experience and how did you handle it? Have you ever seen anyone get kicked out for heckling? What are your thoughts on heckling in general? Thanks so much for listening to my question. Love you and Emily and the entire podcast. So what this comes down to is... The venue, and in this case, it's not the venue because that particular indie show like does it in different places. This comes down to the producers slash promoters of the show and training your audience. There are certain venues you would never yell out at, you know, uh, for the most part. There are some venues that are looser. There are some venues where it feels more casual. So that's quite frankly, in the first place, that's on the producers of the event that they didn't establish right off the bat. Like there is no, like talking, heckling photos will not be tolerated and they should have been removed. Now, some comics are fine with it and that's case by case basis. You know, Um, people from the history of forever, comedy is this sort of salacious thing that you consume in the dark with borderline anonymity and alcohol. And people think, there are some people that think it is because they know you so well, they're enjoying it, or they're assholes, that it's okay. So that really comes down to what the comic will tolerate. Have I ever dealt with a heckler? Of course. But the more, the bigger the venues, the more prestigious, I have i don't have to deal with them beyond what I want to deal with. If I feel like playing with my food, I can. But if somebody I really feel is disrupting the show in a way that it is infringing on the entertainment for the audience. Like if this is upsetting the people around them, their money is just as good as yours. I'll just be like, you got to go. Get this person out of here. Like there's no second chance. Uh, In Vegas on Saturday night, I think Hunter was on stage for maybe 30 seconds and like some guy in the front like called him fat or something. (gasps) Like it was so, he was like, why are you walking that way? You need to work out more. Or just something so random. Ugh. It's usually alcohol-induced. Every comic deals with this. But, you know, I I don't know why. I would never do that. I don't know why certain people just lose their minds. But it depends on the comic, the venue. I mean, there are some comics that love it and it turns into something sweet. Like, I actually think Doug Benson's pretty good with that. I mean, his crowd is like a very, like, mellow, cool crowd. But if they yell out, his first instinct isn't like, shut the fuck up. It's like, what'd you say? Oh, wow, I never thought. Like, it's, it's more loving. 
So it really depends. Yeah. Um, in general, I don't appreciate it, but if you feel compelled to yell something that isn't horrible, I'll usually tolerate it for a second. Then I'll be like, this is not a call and response. Please mm-hmm. sit on your hands. Um, so yeah, but I've definitely, and that's also, I'm just going to say this, one of the benefits of like the work that it takes to become a comic, I think everybody's like, I'll just do a couple bits. I'll blow up on social media. I know I sound old being like uphill both ways, but like coming up in clubs, especially at a time like way before me too, coming up in clubs like where your safety, particularly as a woman, like is not on the agenda and developing like a pretty thick skin and becoming unflappable. So that, so when someone does yell at you, you're just like, like your pulse doesn't even elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always in control. You have the microphone. But that's a shame that the promoter's, let that happen. I don't like it. I don't like other people getting involved. I don't like there being volunteers from the crowd. I don't want to see another peon's plebe's face. I want to see only the celebrity I paid to come see on that stage. Yeah, when people around them are yelling, shut up, that person's got to go. Like, that's not what anybody paid for. Yeah, no one's having a good time. I mean, there's all different kinds of hecklers too. There's also like positive hecklers, which is when someone is like super verbal and it's like audible how much they love you and agree with you. And you're like, okay, but like your moose cackling is stepping on my punchline. <laughs> like, I don't need you to say yes after everything. It's a right. fine line though. Cause you want people to enjoy themselves. So it just takes a lot of practice. Hey everyone. I just recently stumbled upon your podcast and really enjoyed listening to it. I'm living in Germany. So please excuse any typos or bad grammar. That's all. Whenever anyone starts with that, they then have better grammar than anyone's ever had. Yeah. If there's anyone that's not going to make a mistake, it's going to be a German person. (laughs) So I'm ready for the most perfectly worded question. My husband, 34, and I, female, 34, married since 2021, started dating 2019, opened up to me about a year ago that he likes and wants to wear high heels. Well, okay. We talked a lot about it and he says he feels good in them. He likes what he feels and also enjoys the attention. Also, nothing sexual about it. I had a hard time getting used to it and it took me quite a while to even look at him when he's been wearing them in the house. Putting together the sight of my husband at the top and feminine high heels at the bottom just didn't seem right. As time passed, it wasn't enough for him to just wear around the house, but outside as well. He wants to go for walks and wants me and our daughter, too, by his side. And I do get that he wants our support yet I really don't want to. I hate that attention and felt like walking on hot coals when we did. I'm terrified of people talking about us and especially of our daughter getting bullied by other kids. While she's only two now, she'll start kindergarten in November. And as we all know, children act by whatever they get indoctrinated in at home. He says he And if there's one thing Germans know. All right, sorry, had to. Okay, go on. (laughs) He says he won't do something I don't like, but at the same time starts sulking when he doesn't get to wear them. I feel like my husband is super selfish by wanting to wear them in our neighborhood and putting his needs above ours. He says he believes our society to be tolerant enough these days. I don't. At the same time, I feel selfish for making him suppress his need to wear them. I offered him neither wear them on his own or further away from where we live, but it's not enough for him. After a year, I still don't see how we can work this out so everyone's happy. I'm not happy when he's wearing them. He's not happy when he can't. I don't want him to completely stop since I'm sure his unhappiness about it would ruin our relationship in the long run, but we both can't find a solution. We've been fighting a lot these past months, and I think this might be a reason behind it. I don't want to split up over it since they're only shoes, yet they seem to be so much more. So, so much about being tolerant. I wouldn't mind if it was anybody else, but never thought I'd be in this situation. What are your thoughts on this? Greetings from Germany. Why do I feel like 
part of me is like, if you live in Berlin, it's no problem. It's probably the most mild thing a guy there is doing. Because I feel like that's a very open <laughs> sexual culture. Um, look. <sighs> this is... Yeah, of course, you're right. Of course, it's not just about the shoes. And everybody's alarms go off for something like this because what is wrong with our society is we haven't created a space where you're allowed to be like, hey, I don't love this. Because then all of a sudden, you're the bigot and you're intolerant. Everybody changes. Now, whether this is something he's suppressed his whole life, always knew, just figured out, this is a part of him now. And I would be willing to wager it doesn't just stop with heels. I'm not saying he is gay. I'm not saying trans. I'm not saying he enjoys wearing women's clothes, but I'm saying like, I bet you it is a window towards something he would like to express and explore. What you don't want to do is be the reason that he feels even further suppressed, but your comfort matters too. If this is a man who loves to wear heels I think you really have to take a hard look at that because what about it bothers you? Now, you said this is not the kind of attention. Would you be upset if he always wore a big, bright neon yellow sweater and a hat with like a, a propeller on it? You know, it's the fact that he's wearing women's high heels. And what you don't like about it is it comes across like your husband is gay and you're the joke. That doesn't mean he has to be gay just because he has that feminine side. But at its core, you feel like he's having a conversation with people that you're not really a part of. And so that's what that is. It's unfortunate. I just remember that movie, The Danish Girl. Now, this is about a trans person. This is not your husband. But at the beginning, like he started exploring little by little and the wife was supportive. So is there a version where you're like, this is mein Mann, which is German for my husband. And I love him and I don't care what you people think. Or is that too big of a hurdle to get over? That's only, it's a question only you can answer. It rubs me the wrong way a little bit that he doesn't want to do it by himself. He has to have his two-year-old daughter and his wife walking with him. So That's what makes so him happy. I, part of me is like, is he doing that to show like, look, I'm not gay. I'm a man and I have this daughter and I have, look, I'm a family man, but I'm doing this weird thing. Is there a side of him that likes attention in general or is he not like that? But, you know, part of, maybe the compromise is, okay, you can wear them, go to the grocery store, like go endure the looks and the judgment and the, and people enjoying it by yourself. However, because you are married, you are like a package deal. I just... So, I know that this is not a fair assumption, but something about him being insistent that she be involved does make it feel more like a fetish Selfish. thing. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, like that's the kid should not be anywhere near it. I'm not saying he is a pedophile or anything, but I'm just no, saying like it shouldn't I, involve like the full, um, and he you're not turned on. It. By the way, so if it is a fetish, like that's not fair to you. I think you got to get to the root of why, because then I think you'll feel you'll at least have clarity. I'm not saying you'll feel better. Um, 
And yeah, I think you're right, Emily. Like, why can't you just do it alone? Because now she's proven herself. I understand what, he, he wants her to do it. In one regard, the, the surface level thought is he wants her to do it to show that she's okay with it, that she's okay with him, that she accepts him. Okay, she has done that. So now she doesn't need to go with him every time. Sometimes she wants to stay at home. She doesn't want to go for a walk around the neighborhood in heels. He's probably walking slow. She doesn't want to go. Like, let him go walk around. Is it only because he wants to do this with her, to her. Like, there's just something about that that is like, he's not willing to compromise. There's something about that. And it's it's also okay that you're like, this is not the person I married. We all evolve and change. But when you're married, like you are choosing that person all day, every day. And that's okay if somebody evolves into something that you're not okay with, that you're not a bad person or a monster or intolerant. You know, if Manoa became like a super devout Catholic tomorrow, like, I don't know that like I'd be down for that ride or even like super conservative Jewish. I don't know that I'd be down for that ride. So as long as you keep talking about it and he is being honest, which it feels like he's not, then I think, I think at least it'll be an open conversation. That's the, I can't say it'll be okay or it won't. Yeah, maybe this is a case for for therapy to figure out what the hangups are in terms of why does he need you to come with him? Why do you not want to? Like, what are the... Because you guys say you're fighting more and you think it's because of this. I think this is like a symptom of whatever is going on inside him that he's trying to either repress or express or whatever. Because he's going to say, it's because I want your support. And then you're going to say, why does the support involve me being embarrassed? And then he'll say, why are you embarrassed? And then what you will say is because that's not my husband. And you got to get to the root of that. Yeah. These are all my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Dankeschön. Entschuldigung. Dankeschön. I took Duolingo for a month. That makes me better than everyone. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and the rest of the family. Getting straight to the point. I'm a 24-year-old female about to graduate from my bachelor's degree with no clue what I may be doing next. But that's the fun in it all. My question slash inspiration I need is concerning a man shocking, I know. Or boy, I should say. I've been seeing him for just about four months now. downgraded. (laughs) Immediately. One sentence in. First two months were great. We clicked so well, felt like I could totally be myself, was comfortable. We had the same values, dreams, and aspirations, but then things took a turn quickly. To make it short, he continuously makes, quote, jokes about how I need to do certain things or work harder to get promoted to girlfriend title. He is an insane road rager, constantly says that I have an attitude and says he wants to bitch slap the attitude out of me. And he says Dump all these things this person. with a smile Dump on his face. this person and I don't need the rest of the question, but we will read it for content. Yeah. Dump this person. He will put you through a wall one day and cheat on you. Yeah. He says all these things with a smile on his face, being playful. However, I'm done with nope. it. Don't find any of these jokes funny or playful. I've been done with him for a good month. Tried breaking up with him twice, to which he will say, I don't get it. I don't know where this is coming from. He makes me feel bad Here's. about leaving him. The most recent one was, I've been sitting here thinking about how much I miss you and hinting at making you my girlfriend. To which I laughed. Anyway, I've been asking myself, what would Eliza say? And I have a feeling I know exactly what you're going to say and may just need to hear it. I am a kind-hearted person and deep down hate making people upset, a bit of a people pleaser, and don't want him he to knows. hate me. But I he know I should that. put my feelings above his. Maybe what you say will give me the confidence to end it and block him. And hopefully another listener going through a similar thing. Thank okay. you for all your love and advice. Way to come see your show in Canada someday. He knows that because he's a manipulator and he knows that you're a people pleaser. Also, if you want to please anyone, please me (laughs) and do what I say. Uh, This guy's awful and it's a joke. And by the way, it's not like you're trying to get a promotion at work. Like, oh, I might make you my girlfriend. Who the 
fuck is he? That like, it's such a prize to date him. That is some of the grossest language I've ever heard. And what you need to do, because he's playing, he's exhausting you. And he's, you're, you're coming across to him as, as easily manipulated. You'd be like, this is not working for me. I'm not attracted to you. I feel bad when I'm around you. And I'm just done. Do it in a public place. Block on all social media. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's like already talking to other girls. I'm just making that up, but he just seems like a piece of shit. You yeah. have to have the strength to be like, we're done. I'm doing this publicly. I'm just, I'm giving you back your Crocs. And here's the key to the spare closet you sleep in, in your mom's house. And I'm done. Don't fall for it. Just remember everything he's saying is a is like a narcissistic ploy. I don't understand. I'm not taking no for an answer. You're just like, I'm just not. And and by the way, be ready for him to be like, well, you weren't even that hot. Like I was going to make, you just, just know whatever he says back has nothing to do with you. Mm-mm. You have to just know that. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, why are you being so dramatic? He'll say all these things to negate everything you're doing. This guy is awful. And never, ever, ever, ever again in your life, hope that a man will like you enough to promote you to girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever ask for that again. It should always be like, I really hope you can be my girlfriend. Like you're having to prove it to him. Are you hearing this? If you're embarrassed to tell anyone about it, that's another sign. Have a friend come with you and wait for you outside so you can just get in the car with the friend and go. But you're done. That is horrific. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like you live in Winnipeg? I don't know why I feel that way. Does she? Maybe. I don't know. They're in Canada. It's so gross. Oh, God. Oh, God, please. That's not normal in my life. And I've met a lot of male comics. I've never heard of someone saying that. Like, oh, get your numbers up and maybe you'll be my girlfriend. That, like, maybe I won't be embarrassed to tell people I'm with you. To like tell people that I'm committed to you, disgusting. Yeah. You're not an employee. And you know what? It'd be better if you were, if he was paying you for sex. At least I'd respect that hustle. That's so gnarly. Get out of there. Yeah. Get out of there. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, and they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable, and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality. And every once in a while, getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. 
Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, Hilarious Eliza, Film Freak Emily, Sweet Tiny Baby Sierra, the little snow peach of all Tianfu, and latest group members, Rizzoli Niles. No question, just a bit of trivia. I was watching one of your Netflix specials and you described getting ferociously affectionate with a baby's leg. I'm going to squeeze that baby leg. That's the quote. I learned this is a phenomenon called cuteness aggression. According to Wikipedia, the most reliable source, cute aggression or playful aggression is superficially aggressive behavior caused by seeing something cute, such as a human baby or young animal. Mm -hmm. People experiencing Mm -hmm. cute aggression feel the urge to bite, pinch, or squeeze something they consider cute. Mm -hmm. So get that baby leg. Heather, P.S. Love the Indianapolis show right before COVID hit and how that crazy lady got booted for heckling Hunter. What are people doing out here to Hunter? If I hear, I mean, Hunter could handle himself, but if I hear somebody upsetting my baby being Hunter, I will bolt from the green room. Like there have been many shows where I just charge into the back and I'm just like, get him the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing, security? Wake up. Listen, it's not, I think I'll take it a step further. It's the cute aggression I believe comes from you being overloaded and your brain not knowing how to handle it mm. because you're not angry, but it's so cute that you you don't know what to do. Kind of like when a toddler has a tantrum, like they're just, they don't know what to do with the feeling. That's you when you yeah. see a tiny little animal. So that's what it is. And yes, and yes, I know. And turns out when your baby's just a little older, you can't squeeze them because they will push you away. <laughs> I like to grab her cheeks and I go right on the mouth and then I kiss her on the mouth. I love it. I don't care. I also uh, do it with the dog. <laughs> I should do it to, to Noah more. Okay. I'm sure he would love that. He's like, yeah, which mouth? Okay. Hey team, seven months ago, I got new neighbors in the house next to me. About a month, this came, comes with like evidence. I'm going to forward the email to you actually because it's pretty crazy. Okay. Okay. About a month after they moved in, someone started leaving notes on my car and the dirt on my windshield in the vein of, you're so beautiful, you look sexy, I like your ass, and eventually progressed to, I love you, as well as a handwritten note on one occasion. I had, oh, so context, I broke my passenger side mirror off my car about five months ago. I'm in duct taping it in place and put off getting it fixed. One and a half months ago, I came out to my car and someone had power drilled screws into my passenger side mirror in an attempt to fix it. The combination of the notes and the tamper in my mirror, I got spooked. 
I requested to see footage from the camera on the building next to me, but I never got a call back. The only other camera is a ring camera on the porch of the neighbor who I think has been writing the notes on my car. He has waved at me a couple times, but never introduced himself. I was too scared to ask if I could see the their footage. It's been taken down since. A week ago, what my, the camera. The ring camera? Oh, which is not a good sign. We go, my other neighbor, his name is Tim, or cool, told me he talked to the alleged note writing neighbor who said he saw the landscaper screw my mirror onto my car. Landscaper comes on Mondays. The vandalism happened on Monday, so it's not impossible. Filed a claim with my insurance company to get the mirror fixed, and my car was in the shop for a month. I got my car back yesterday, and hours later, there was love you written in the dust on my window. For additional context, I'm 23, single, and I live alone in LA. I don't know if the mirror notes are related, but it's all weird, and I'm spooked. First of all, you're probably the only girl ever, only human ever, to have a like a side mirror that someone tries to make better versus just like totally knocking it off. Then they fixed it. Um, I just sent you the pictures. Um, they're right, pretty creepy. So we have a note that says. Hi, beautiful. OMG, you looking good every day. I am your lover. Heart with a Ugh. with an arrow through it. So what's your advice for this this person with a creepy neighbor? Side mirror doesn't look that bad. No, that's weird. Oof, for a whole man, they misspelled beautiful. It's so rough. You're 23. In LA. You live alone. alone. And he knows it. First of all, it's definitely that guy. Now, you don't want to say anything in case it's not, but like, I'm not really interested in his comfort. The suggestion to me is you get a ring camera. You hide it. You put it up. You get that evidence. You keep all these pictures as you've done. Good girl. Bravo. Get a dash cam. And do you have a landlord? Mm, good is question. It, I'm sorry. Is it the building next door or is it like you're not, you don't, building next door, but I'm not sure. It's like a neighbor. So it could be someone in like this person's complex, but I, they should get a dash cam for their car. Get, get your footage. Yeah. Fine. Do that. However, dash cams work. I thought it was only when you're driving, but okay. He will see it. So that's why I'm saying hide the ring camera, ask a neighbor if you can hide it at their house, like get that footage. And then what you do is you take all of this here. And I've dealt with this. What's difficult is that he has, I mean, I get, he touched your property, I don't know that he's done anything illegal, mm-hmm. but it might be enough to go to the LAPD stalking unit and be like, this is what's happening. It is that thing where until this person like tries to murder you, they're not going to listen. Um, I hate to be like, can you get your biggest guy friend to say something, you know, or like another man? Because these people, I, I'm just making something up because he knows that you're single. Like he knows that you live alone. I don't have enough experience with this kind of thing because someone like that's this deranged probably won't pick up on any social cue. Do you think it's the neighbor or do you think it's the landscaper who the neighbor pointed toward? You have to get that ring camera footage Mm. because if it's the landscaper, you can get that person fired Yeah, because that's completely inappropriate. Um, So get your footage. I hate to say that. Because also, God forbid, what if this is some fucking weirdo who just drives by and does this? Right. Get just, the footage, find out who it is. And in the meantime, I, we in society, we hate the like, what were you wearing? But like, try to be outside as little as possible alone. Carry pepper and spray. Carry pepper spray and always be like making it clear. Like, yeah, my boyfriend's coming over later. Just like making it 
so you don't look vulnerable. Be alert. Do not have both headphones in. You know, be aware. Do not block off your- I am so sorry. Can you talk to your landlord? Can you, I mean, just try to get as many people involved in this as possible. Mm -hmm. Because this is so fucked up. Like here you are just like living your life and this is happening. Um, And reach out to the LAPD and see what can be done. But it's tough because until they have someone, until you have proof- because all it might take is a cop going over there and being like, she doesn't want your attention. Leave her alone or we're going to come back here. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And if you have male friends, like have them come over as much as possible. Like men get very, get so much less brave when they see another man. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, it's not so easy to be a piece of shit. So. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Red hot update. Okay. Maybe not red hot. Yes. But an update nonetheless. Scott, give us the fire. Red hot. This is a follow-up on world's worst soccer dad. Oh yeah, the guy, for anyone listening, this was the guy who was like V aggressive at his like daughter's JV games and mm-hmm. would like yell about other players. And yeah. the mom's like, our kid is not that great and just wants to play. And this is really embarrassing. Yeah. She's like, I've left him. I've left him in the night. <laughs> Appreciated Alliance's take on my issue. It was helpful and made me laugh. And I'm honored the episode title came from your response to my question. For the record. <laughs> My husband was not slash is not a star athlete, but he's always been competitive to an unhealthy degree. I think it's middle child syndrome. I do think he feels embarrassed when our daughter is benched as if it's a reflection on us as parents. Meanwhile, our daughter is pretty unbothered by it. After a recent two-day tournament, he and I came to blows about his attitude, which made for a long, silent car ride home. When we got home, I confronted him and told him about how his attitude is impacting me and potentially very likely impacting our daughter. He tried to say he was never mad or frustrated with the girls, but he just really wants them to win and gets emotionally invested or worked up when they make, quote, careless mistakes. I called him out on that and reminded him that our job is to be our daughter's number one fan and support her no matter what. I think I got through to him because later that night, he was complimenting our daughter on a few good plays she had when her coach put her in and was asking her about her upcoming soccer season. Time will tell, I guess. Thanks again for the sage advice. I think that's great because it's also like, okay, but nobody cares or needs this. And, you know, his values aren't the values of the team. Like, his values don't align with the purpose of this. And I think you kind of showed him how ridiculous he was being. And you gave him the space to, like, be a little bit better. And I think that's great. And he did. So maybe he just needs a beat, you know. Tiger can change its stripes if it shaves its fur and then scrubs its skin with bleach. Oh, <laughs> Hi, Eliza and Emily. It's Scotty and all fur and flesh babies. Long time listener, first time question asker. I've been through some tough social situations over the last year or so, centered mostly around work, friends, and casual dating. And I did consider writing in about those, but fortunately have been fairly decent at resolving them on my own while leaning on my close-knit support system. I like the idea that people think they have to wait for like the perfect question to write in. And some yeah. people are just like, uh, what should I have for breakfast? <laughs> so, in the interest of keeping it light, simple, and positive here, after all the discussion of your 40th birthday, which sounded so sick, by the way, we love a great theme party. Happy belated. I can't help but wonder, where and how did you, quote, source all the nostalgic candy, perfumes, clones, and other bits and bobs that you had at the party? I'm turning 30 in May, and my parents and I have rented a luxury beach house for the weekend where we will celebrate with both friends and family. I'm interested in sprinkling in some of those throwback items and would love to hear your source. Thanks in advance and love the pod. Okay, but you can't tell anyone else, okay? You can't tell anyone else. I'll tell you right now. 
Amazon. Really? It's just, um, I mean, the only like vintage items were Curve, Ed Hardy, um, Axe we just got at Walgreens. But I just typed into Amazon like Ed Hardy and they're like, here's a gift set for like $15. So <laughs> those things. And then all of the other little, I just use my imagination. Like there's nothing particularly vintage about like roses with LED lights in them. I went downtown in LA to the toy district. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you live. I don't know if your city has one of these, but in LA, it's basically the wholesale part of downtown where every shop in LA gets their stuff. And it's not like name brand stuff. So it's every beauty supply store, every beauty shop, every nail salon goes here to get hair clips, mints, bows, gel, nails, eyeshadow, like just stuff. There was so much stuff there. I left with stuff that I didn't even know existed. So I suggest you do that. There is also a company. I think it's still called this. I didn't do it with them, but I know that people use these parties. It's called Oriental Trading Company. And they have wholesale like, oh, you need hula skirts. You need flower crowns. You need 50 boxes in the shape of fortune cookies. You need banana bistro lights, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so just Google around, but and the candy, the candy was all normal. Candy necklaces, that was from Amazon too. So that's it. You just have to have a vision. And then sometimes in Googling, you find more stuff. But the internet has it. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to like pay a little bit. Like that curve was like $15 and it did not, there was no prime. Just no. came when it came. No, yeah, you got to yeah. order early. Start yeah. accumulating goods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, margin of error. Amazon says tomorrow, but what if it's the next day and it misses your party? So start doing it now. That way you can always return if you don't like it or need it. Yeah, I need to return some little cat onesies. Hello, Eliza, Emily, teeny cheeny and tree frog with the most glorious hair. I'm going to ignore what you just said about your cat onesies. I'm just going to ignore it and we're going to keep going. (laughs) I'm going to do my best to make this short, but there are a lot of details I'm going to have to squeeze in. I am a 34-year-old female dating a 29-year-old male. We have been together for almost two years. We had a rocky start. He was single for a couple of years before dating me and took him a minute to get rid of the girls he was previously talking to. In his mind, Mm. it wasn't serious or cheating because he wasn't seeing them face-to-face. He would message them via Facebook and Snapchat, and they were very inappropriate. The messages would pop up on his screen when he would leave his phone around. That's how I saw them. I confronted him about it and told him I was not okay with it, to which he had no problem deleting these girls and stopping the communication. On top of that, I found out that he watches porn almost every night and every morning when I am not around. The porn itself doesn't bother me. I think it's natural to watch stuff and escape. I don't find it as cheating as it's just videos you're watching and they're not actually there. But recently, I found his profiles on two porn sites and they are set up like a dating profile where you can add friends, say what you're seeking and what your likes are, etc., What happened to the good old days when you just watch porn? Why does it have to be an interactive thing now? He has recently been active on both. My question is, I feel like he is messaging girls and either asking and sending pics or videos on these sites. I've discussed it with my friends and it's back and forth to whether this is cheating or just another form of porn. I believe he isn't meeting any of these girls face-to-face, but still it makes me feel like I am not enough and they are occupying his time when it should be me that should be getting all of his sexual attention and time. I don't see the need of messaging or taking it off the sites for further communication. Do you consider this cheating or is it just another form of porn and getting off? When I asked if he was messaging anybody or still out of Snapchat, he denies it. Thank you in advance for taking the time to read this and give me your input. And thank you, Eliza, for being the big sister that we all need. Not being afraid to speak up and knowing what you want. Giving us light and laughter when we needed it the most. My name is Angie, by the way. Angie, the 
mental gap, the mental age gap is bigger than the actual age gap when you're talking 29 to 34. You are in a very different place in your life and developmentally, you're in a very different place. It's less about what is cheating and what is not. And it's more about you're not okay with it. So I don't think we need to label it. I mean, I guess you could call it emotional cheating, but it's it's not about cheating or not cheating. And I think if you try to make it that black and white, then you could he could probably out-argue you because he's not physically cheating. Although mm-hmm. I do think emotional cheating is worse. Um, <laughs> the issue is, and by the way, it's okay if he thinks another girl is pretty or... And I actually, I mean, whether or not you're okay with someone looking at porn is totally up to you. It's not good. It's not bad. It's It's complete personal preference. But your issue is that it's a little surreptitious. It feels sneaky. And given his history, you're like, okay, how else are you getting it? The fact that he's, I mean, be like a normal guy and like watch a little bit of sex, turn it off, like put on an incognito browser and be done with it. He's making it social. And I do think it's weird that guys would be like, hey, I'm looking for this. Well, that's all right over here, buddy. What do you call it? Like salute jerking off, Emily? Was that thing you told me about? (laughs) What? Was that Noah? It was What's not that thing, me. Noah? <laughs> Noah. What's that thing where like guys like like jerk off to some girl and then they'll be like, oh, I oh, salute her. Like, oh, sorry, it wasn't you. Tribute. It was tribute. It was sorry, it's Emily. <laughs> Explain to the audience what that what that is. Oh, where they where they do it for my husband just looked at me. He was just like, that was not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Noah. Uh it's like they'll print out a picture of a girl, like a, a celebrity, and do it onto that and be like, this is for you. It's so awful. It's it just so stems from like, aren't you lucky to give me a boner? Um, it, the fact that he's making it, what? what? The issue here is very clear. She said, I don't want you sending other people pictures or getting pictures from like people that you're actually talking to. He is doing that. It doesn't matter whether it's right. cheating I was to getting us. To it. I, that's, that's what I said. Okay, it's not I'm about sorry. cheating. It's about the fact that it's social. And I doubt he's just like talking with some other really good dudes that he met. He's probably <laughs> in some way soliciting women. And it doesn't even matter if you have proof or not, because it's like at the core, like why do you need this communication for right. a very one-way exchange? And this just comes down to you guys not only are in different places, but developmentally you're different. And that's the kind of guy he is. And maybe he just likes porn too much. Maybe he's addicted. Maybe he's not. But his choices don't make you feel good. And that could, you know, whether it's high heels or whether it's yelling at your kid's soccer teammates or whether it's being abusive or whether it's just watching too much football, like whatever it is, if it's too much and it's making you uncomfortable for a legit reason, that's very valid. So don't frame it in the way of cheating. Mm -mm. It just feels like a very slippery, weird slope. Because you also wouldn't be okay if he's like, I need to watch two to three hours of porn a day. Like, that's not healthy. None of this is healthy. Right. And you're fine. It's okay for you to have a boundary and say, look, watch whatever you want. I don't want you talking to these people or soliciting things that are just for you. That crosses a line in for me and my relationship. And he might be like, okay, I never thought about it. But he is trying to find the leak in the boundary. Loophole, yeah. And that's the bigger issue. So mm-hmm. it doesn't sound great. Top of the cob. This the top of the cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is we were in Las Vegas this weekend and we had somebody from like the hotel team or it was a promoter team who was kind of assigned to us. And 
I, I just like people that do their jobs well. I like people who care, who literally go like the extra foot. Um, and there was a guy that was with us who was just really cool. So we included him when we were like, do you want to come get a drink with us? And my mother-in-law was there and my uncle was there and we included them. And I think I'm a very inclusive person. But when I look back at our time on the road with me and my tour manager, Stacy and Hunter, whether it's other comics or other just people, and I, obviously it's because it's the way that I am, but they're very good about it too. I think we are very good at absorbing people and making them like part of our family, whether it's for the run or 48 hours or 24 hours. Like if you are on the road with us and you are working with us and you show that you're a good person, like we will absorb you into our family body and you can come to dinner with us. And we like, I just like that feeling. I like knowing that like we have like nice relationships with people all over because kind people like kind people. So I like that. I like that we're like this little traveling family that just absorbs people for 48 hours at a time. Like a circus. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. What's your... My top of the cob is that in the year 2023, I finally started watching that, The Vow, the Nexium cult documentary. And I just... Oh, because there's cults. like more than one. There's there, more than there's, one. Yeah, there's, so there's like Seduce, then there's The Vow, and The Vow has a season two now. I just finished season one. I had read all about it when it came out. I love cults. Yeah. I love learning about them. This one especially because it is populated with C to B-list actresses from Canada in their like 30s yeah. is so up my alley. Um, the fact that Allison Mack is, it's it just, it's fascinating. And I love like learning about something that's so interesting. You're just like devouring it. You're like, I can't even, like this episode takes 56 minutes. And that's too long. Cause I need, I need all the information to like be here now. And it just, I like that feeling of like being so excited to be like, what's the next little piece of this puzzle? I got to tell you, I watched one of those awful documentaries. That guy, Keith Ranieri or whatever is so, mm -hmm. is so, is such a psychopath. And these women it makes women look bad because it makes us look so directionless and the amount of money he got from those but Seagram sisters. So you look at, I looked at it and it was so much, it was exactly landmark, right? Just yes. the next step beyond well, that is sex cult. But it was exactly like these things where they take someone who's looking for something more in life and they know just what to say to them to make yeah. them kind of go, oh, you have an answer. And so it's not, you know, it's not a coincidence that it was populated with so many young actresses, right? Like, because they're, they want an answer. Their career isn't going the way it should. Yeah, I hear that. I took Landmark Forum for one weekend when I was 18 mm -hmm. and I thought it was very cool because there are like certain things that you can, like, it's like the secret. There are certain things you can extrapolate from that, like certain lessons, like nothing's ever personal or when you react to something as an adult, you're reacting, like don't ever react. Like if, if something bad happened to you when you were a kid, let's say a dog, uh, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, someone was mean to you. It's important as you get older to remember that you're allowing whoever you were at that age to make the decision for you now. And I, I thought there were a couple of interesting things, but I'm not gonna, I'm too strong to get sucked up into a cult. I will say I watched that documentary and I felt a little let down. Like, I hate to say it, like everywhere you want them to go into detail, you're like, what kind of weird sex stuff? They're like, anyways, moving on. Here's how many flights she took. You're like, okay, this is one. I know. I know. Right. I do. You do want like the salacious stuff. Then it started to get into, like you do. money laundering and I'm kind of like, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. So there's that. Yeah. My bottom of the cob. Okay, this is going to, actually you go first. Okay, my get your the cat cup. issue out of the way. I'm not going to do that I COVID. I'm not going to do that my cats are still in cones and screaming at me. I'm going to do the fact that the Oscars stress me out in that 
something about it. I'm just like, oh, everybody's watching it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody has to have a take. Something about that really like, I didn't watch it. I like Googled it on my phone every like 20 minutes to be like, who won the recent categories? Just the, everybody, that water cooler thing really stresses me out. I don't know why. I don't oh, really? know what it is. Yeah, where I was just like, I don't want to be seeing everybody's little jokes, seeing everybody, what if something happens and everybody's going to want to talk about it? I don't want to. I'm, I don't want to. So I just shut myself off from it. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't handle it last night. I think that's normal to be anti something that's so all encompassing. Also, like it's not within 48 hours, like it's irrelevant. And the truth is like, of course, we'd all love to like be nominated, win an Oscar. Everything, everywhere, all at once was an incredible movie. But, and I do think Kate Blanchett should have won for, won for best actress, but like it deeply doesn't matter. Like no one's passing on her because she didn't get this Oscar. Mm. So at the end of the day, it really is, all these movies were so fucking good. Did you see all of them? Because I did. I saw a large chunk of them. I didn't see Elvis. I didn't see All Quiet on the Western Front. But I think no, I saw I'm not seeing that rest. one. But I hear you. I didn't see the Fableman's the- barf. No, it was very good. It was the, it's the frenetic energy of like, oh my God, now we have to have a conversation and no one's takes matter because the event already happened. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Best supporting actor should have been Jenny the Donkey from Banshees of Sharon. <laughs> Jenny. My bottom of the cob is a phrase I'm going to coin here and then some <laughs> fucking account for millennials and Gen Z will appropriate it and then everyone will act like they do it. But I'm going to call it ugly girl energy. Oh no. Now, you don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be ugly to have ugly girl energy. Mm-hmm. But it is a vibe I get and it's steeped in insecurity. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Now, this is a conversation I've had with many, many people who have agreed with my take on this. I know that the trope is like the hot mean girl, right? The cheerleader mean girl. And by the way, like there are exceptions to every rule, millions of exceptions. But in general, I find that pretty girls that I meet are nice. Mm -hmm. And in my career, I've found it's girls who are not that pretty. And it's not even like hot. It's more just like your thing has never been being hot and you're just not, you know, maybe you're, mediocre looking, but the energy is ugly. Those are the girls that are mean. Mm-hmm. The girls that like, I'm a, I'm kind of, I'm not hot and I know I'm not. So I hate pretty girls and I'm anti and I've made a whole career out of it. I was coming out of a meeting the other day and this actress walked by. I didn't know who she was. It was just a really pretty girl in a very pretty flowy dress that I clocked. And I was like, she looks great. I would never wear that. But she walked by and she knew the guy I was with. And she was like, hey, and said goodbye. And she looked at me and she just went, bye, have a good day. And I was like, yeah, that's the way I would like to come across when I meet someone I don't know, just saying, hi, how are you? Bye. Yeah. Versus the like accepted LA alty dork, like overgrown hipster thing of like, uh, 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 I can't make eye contact. Uh." Like I appreciate insecurity, but like blaming anyone else for what you've dealt with in life is not a way to go through life. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, there are pretty girls that are bitchy, but in general, when I meet a pretty girl, It doesn't matter if you're smart or not. They're usually just like, hi. And I've met, especially lately, just really ugly energy girls that are just rude when you meet them. And you're like, did I do something? Or do you think I'm the mean girl? So therefore you're just going to be awful? Because then when you react, it's like, wow, Eliza was really rude. I'm like, excuse me, you were being a fucking tortoise. So ugly girl energy, you don't have to be ugly to have it. And if you are ugly, you can still have pretty girl energy. Mm. So suck on that. Yeah. (laughs) And don't give me, oh, people are socially awkward. No, it takes nothing. To, like you're in public. You went to the party. You dressed up. You can say hi. You can just make eye contact. 
mm-hmm. just drives me fucking crazy. Like, oh, I'm weird and a dork on purpose. That's my thing. So I get to be rude. No, it's not quirky. The 2010s are over. Oh. Ugly girl energy, U-G-E. I will see you, speaking of ugly girls, no, I will see you uh, at these gigs in Florida. I'm so excited to be coming. I mean, chances are you already have your tickets, but I'm going to be in Tampa on Thursday. I'm going to be at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando. I'm going to be at the Seminole Hard Rock Live in Fort Lauderdale slash Hollywood, Florida. All these places uh, are gigs I've played that are always awesome. And then if you live in uh, the San Bernardino sort of Palm Springs area, Palm Desert, I will be at Fantasy Springs Resort Casino. I don't know if it's a resort and casino or a resort casino. Mm-hmm. Probably the same thing. March 24th. And then we got a lot of dates coming up. So start scrimping and saving because I'm going to have some hot merchandise. Ooh. Cost money. And remember, it's like we say in the corn industry. I would love to go to a Chili's. 